name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This sermon that I'm preaching today is not a Mother's Day sermon, but I want to wish everybody a happy Mother's Day, where we honor our mothers, those who have led us in the spirit of mothering us into our best selves, and in the words of Julian of Norwich, we honor today God, our mother, as well. This past week, I joined a Zoom Bible study of clergy to reflect about this gospel passage. It's a weekly meeting that we have, so we read the gospel. That's appointed for today. And we normally read it, and then we go around and ask for people's reflections. So we read the reading, and, but this week's conversation went something like this. Okay, the reading's done. So the first person that calls on somebody else, and they say, I call on Joe. Joe responds, well, I don't have enough information. I need to pass. So Joe calls on Sally. Oh, wow, this is really hard. I don't know what I would say. I have to pass. So then Sally calls on Randy. Randy just looks at the screen and goes, I got nothing. Absolutely nothing. I pass. Not a lot there, huh? So I'm sitting there on the line waiting to be called. I don't really have anything either at this point. So finally my name gets called and I end up forming some kind of reflective response. It was okay. It wasn't great. It was okay. But my greatest question was, what the heck does this gospel passage or any of our readings for this matter have to do with Easter? I didn't have an answer then, and I'm not sure I have the answer now. But today's lectionary readings have a carefully curated vision. They have a very specific vision that incorporates Jesus, the church, and the world from now all the way till the end of time. In essence, they talk about yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Americans love thinking about the future. We're brought up when we're children to think about all kinds of glorious dreams of tomorrow. We probably have Walt Disney to thank for that or to blame for that. With the creation of Tomorrowland and the song that was part of the carousel of progress, there's a great big beautiful tomorrow waiting at the end of every day and it's just a dream away. Well, maybe. Apparently sometime around the end of the Vietnam War, Disney wasn't so sure about tomorrow, so they changed the song. Now is the time. Now is the best time. Now's the best time of your life. Life is a prize. Live every minute. Open your eyes and watch how you win it. Yesterday's memories may sparkle and gleam. Tomorrow is still but a dream. Right here and now, you've got it made. The world's marching forward and you're in the parade. Um, I don't know about that either. But what I do know is that we're still in Easter. 
Christ is very much risen. He's appeared to his disciples. He's blessed them. And now we get a glimpse in today's readings about several things. The ongoing struggle that Jesus had in his earthly ministry. We also get a glimpse of the early church and how they ministered to everyone. And we also get this vision of this great and wonderful by and by, a place where God wipes every tear from every eye, where sorrow and pain are no more, and the entire host of heaven, everyone who has ever lived, surrounds the throne of God and immerses themselves in the deep well of love and belonging and blessing that God gives out freely for all time. So, if we combine all of these, mix them up a bit, and see them as a whole, today's Gospels, or rather, today's readings, give us an excellent vision of what living as an Easter people looks like. Holding Jesus dear to us when we struggle, pouring ourselves into the world, ministering to others in the name of Christ, loving the world like God loves the world. And then finally, in our prayers and in our hopes and in our dreams, contemplating the mystery of it all, that everything that's ever been created is ultimately enveloped and wrapped up and nurtured in the greatest love imaginable. Yes, that is definitely an Easter message. That's a message that gives us life, new life, a message that will give us something to think about for a very long time. But it's a very different message than that saccharinely sweet, there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow song. There's a lot of work today, right now, spiritual work and mental work and physical work that we're called to do to help Jesus bring the kingdom of God just a little bit closer to our world. Some of the news reports that we heard this week show just, just how much our country continues to be divided. It's painful to hear. It's unpleasant that people do not live in our society as harmoniously as we all would like to live, whatever your point of view. It's a harsh reality that's hard to see. It's hard to witness. Our fears and our doubts and our struggles that we have on a day-to-day -day basis call us to the fact that only God, only the presence of the risen Christ can truly unify our world. When things get confusing, when things get tough, when we're grasping at straws trying to figure out the answers, are you the Messiah? Tell us plainly. We might need to re-examine our own relationships with Jesus, with God, and with one another. Being called to a practice of prayer might help. But even though we know Jesus' earthly ministry struggled, 
it flourished after he was raised from the dead. The disciples left their locked doors and went out into all the world, celebrating and proclaiming the good news that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. And their proclamation went to all parts of the known world, all over to the Mediterranean, and eventually, several thousand years later, it reached us. We see in the first story we heard today how their fellowship and their faith and their strong community life brought Tabitha back from death to life. We know how Christians, when they operate out of love, out of nothing else, but when Christians operate out of love, they can do amazing things like build hospitals and build schools and how they can champion the abolition of enslaved people and they can identify and eliminate systems of human trafficking and economic injustice and rescue people from extreme poverty and they can implement models in society of restorative justice giving everyone in the world a chance, another chance, a second chance, a third chance, maybe more, another chance at real life, at a full life with every opportunity imaginable. And you know, this congregation, the people of Trinity, we've done a lot of this work in our history, and we're called to do much, much more, and we can but why do we do all this stuff? Why? Why do we do all of the things that we do? I think it's because collectively we believe all that stuff that we read in Revelation today. We believe that that prophecy is true. That as the people of God through the millennium, as the people strive to champion the dignity of every human being, true restoration of the entire world order eventually, at some point, will result. We believe this. Thanks to Jesus, the sins of the entire world, all of the broken places of the created order get fixed. All of the hurts are eventually taken away. And whatever is wrong is made right. That image that's painted in the book of Revelation is so powerful that only blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might remain. Only the good stuff remains. Everything else has faded away. Only the good remains. And we as the people of God believe this with every fiber of our being. All will be well in the end. And if things are not well, it is not the end. All will be well. We may not be able to explain all of this right now. Lord knows my Bible study with other clergy on Wednesday certainly couldn't. We may not know how this will end up in the near term. But we can respond out of faith and love. We can respond by cultivating practices of prayer and out of faith. We can cultivate love within us and ourselves and within our community. And we can respond with joy and excitement to know that one day 
we might have the level of faith that Christ's disciples had after he was raised from the dead. We might one day even gain the level of faith that we can literally bring the dead back to life. God works miracles in us now, all the time in our everyday lives. God works miracles, and God will continue to invite us to work alongside Christ in his ministry to further the kingdom of God and bring our, our own world just a little bit closer to all of God's kingdom's glory. And whatever we do, wherever we are, and whatever state of being life has given us this very day, the presence of God, God always promises to be with us through it all. Christ is raised from the dead, Christ is here with us now. From the moment we awaken to the moment that we sleep, we are never alone. And our Easter season reminds us that greater things are in store for us. Greater things than we can even imagine. Don't get stuck in a rut by today's readings. They're here to bring us life and remind us that we live as an Easter people. They're here to invite us to think about our own lives, our lives yesterday, our lives today, and our lives in the future. They definitely have a purpose. Don't get stuck. They're here to invite us into the promises of God so that we can live into a greater truth, a greater and more glorious truth than we have ever experienced in our lives. That truth that with Christ Jesus, yes, there is a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. <laughs>